This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Get in, losers. This is the Lady Killers, a feminine rage podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Sammy. I'm Rocco. And I'm May. Our podcast is a tribute to the female identifying killers in horror and more. Each episode will feature us, your Supreme Court of female murderers, discussing our favorite lady killers from your Julias and Jennifers to your Carries and Christines. We'll tell her story, decide if it's good for her horror, and answer the most important question of all. Would we die for her? Join us on Thursdays as we pull on our sweaters, snatch our ice picks, sharpen our scissors, and honor the lady killers who live on the silver screen. No boys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Daddy. What's going on, sweetie? Something feels weird. Something's changing. You remember the tools we taught you, right? Pencil. Desk. Paper, shoes, your wheel. Everything okay, Charlie? It happened again. What happened? The bad thing. If you ever start to lose control, what do you do? It didn't work. She's not a robot, Annie. She's a little girl. With little girl emotions, which are wildly unpredictable. Charlie? She just has to shove it down and keep it hidden. Our responsibility is getting her ready. Our responsibility is to protect her. Charlie? If they catch her, they're going to put her in a cage. Charlie? on her for the rest of her life. I'll never see her again. If who catches me? My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Hey, constant listeners, are you feeling hot? I'm feeling hot. Uh, and I know who else is feeling hot. It's it's my co-host of this Firestarter trailer breakdown. Mike, say hello. 
Hey, what's going on? This is Michael Rainbird Rothman, uh, which I guess would be problematic, but you know, it wasn't problematic in the 80s. So let's, you know, we're dialing it back to the 80s also. Hot, hot, hot. George C. Rothman. George C. Rothman. Uh, I watched The Changeling enough. I am becoming George C. Scott at this point. So isn't Hot, Hot, Hot kind of like one of those songs what's transcended the artist who made it? Yeah, it's Buster Poindexter, right? It's like why you can still play rock and roll part two at at, um, sporting events, even though Gary Glitter's a pedophile. Yeah, although I don't think Buster Point uh, Buster Poindexter is a pedophile, so hopefully you know. Yeah, I wasn't Im- wasn't implying that. Please don't sue us, Buster. <laughs> uh, I know you're a patron. Um, uh, Jen, say hello. Hi, this is Jen Firestarter Adams, and I might explode. I'm so excited to talk about this trailer and to see it, and well, you know, for just Firestarter Day. Happy Firestarter Day, everybody. Happy yeah, Firestarter Day. Myself, but- and this is Rockin' Randall 2, The Rage, Colburn. Oh, uh, stealing ah, some nice. uh, nicknames You didn't here. use it, so I stole it. And Randall, you know- I will light you on fire from here in Nashville. <laughs> I figure, I figure Rage Carry 2 is, is Firestarter at Jace. So, it is, um, it yeah. is, yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so today, uh, what is today? Wednesday, February 9th, we got uh, the long long anticipated, for Stephen King fans at least, a trailer for Blumhouse's adaptation of Firestarter, the Stephen King novel, which I believe is what, from like 1980? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Or 84? Yeah. I'm film like is throwing around random years. I think the, <laughs> film's the a, book no, is yeah, from 80. It's September 29th, 1980 is when the book came out. So, um. okay. Yeah. So I was right the first time. Um, yeah. So, um, this movie was directed by Keith Thomas, relative newcomer. He did a great movie that uh, I know Mike and I like. Jen, have you seen the vigil? I have seen parts of the vigil. I watched it on the day I got boosted and I fell asleep because of that idea. Yeah. Not a good idea. But I love the part that I saw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the vigil's you really fever dreams at that point. You know? <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, the vigil's pretty good. So this is, you know, a mostly anticipated offering. But I will say this went through a lot of directors before it got to Keith Thomas. I know Kiva Goldsman, who Hollywood hacky Kiva Goldsman for a long time listeners, you might know him. Uh, he is producing this, but he was initially attached to write and direct it. So I'm sure that they were working off a script from him. I hope by this point, all of his contributions have been excised because we all know he just makes everything worse. And um, but he is still. <laughs> listed as a prominent producer on it so uh along with jason blum the friendliest guy in hollywood so um so yeah we've got uh this stars zach efron who no longer looks cocaine buff like he used to uh he just kind of looks like a normal guy but he's still really handsome and then uh we've got uh, ryan kiera armstrong is that her name i think yeah. i've got it yeah uh and she, we know her, she plays Charlie. We know her best from uh, her kind of memorable role in It Chapter Two, uh, where she's under the bleachers and meets Pennywise. Very, very uh, good scene in a rough movie. Although I am here with some It Chapter Two defenders. So yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I relent. But I'll defenders, say that um, defenders have become more of a bit at this point. But. Uh... <laughs> You know, let's, let's uh, put that out there. <laughs> but yeah, so we we didn't know too much about this movie going into it. It's not like there's been breathless press coverage or anything. So it's cool to kind of see the direction that they're going in. And we have some thoughts on the trailer that dropped today. But I guess just initial impressions. Uh, Jen, you are sort of our resident Firestarter head, uh, big Charlie <laughs> McGee fan. And mm. um, so, yeah, you've been waiting for this, probably anticipating this perhaps more than most. So what what were your first reactions upon this? Were you happy? with what you were seeing or were you disappointed? Um, yeah, I think I wonder if there is a person alive that loves Charlie McGee as much as I do <laughs> and that is this excited for this movie. Um, I was really like 
anticipating this with really bated breath. And I talked about it in our Hollywood King episode. Like my expectations are so high that I don't think anything could ever live up to it. Um, But I was really happy with this trailer. I think right away it just looks more explosive and more (laughs) hot and more fiery, you know, which is what you want from a movie about Firestarter. And like, it's hard not to compare it to the original film, which just feels kind of bland, you know, but this one, it's got like explosions. It feels like they are taking Charlie's ability seriously and that it feels like it has power, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that's my first impression. Yeah. I am dying to see this now like i said i might explode i, I really might you know what's the release date mike do you remember offhand well may 13th. It's a big de- yeah may 13th Sorry. 2022 and what's really interesting about this is that it's not only going to theaters but it's also going to peacock now what was a big blockbuster from universal that came out last year that hit hmm. peacock what is it God, i think what? it died tonight i can't remember <laughs> oh yes it, uh, halloween kills so i mean <laughs> same I, writer I, yeah and you know scott teams which well, i'll talk surely about in a second but um i you know i i like the fact that it is going to be on peacock because it does eventize this even more and Mm. for us that runs a stephen king podcast that is really exciting like you know speaking candidly from when we did it with uh you know the halloweenies with halloween kills you really felt like there was there was a zeitgeist going on and um you know we felt that was scream obviously in 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 january but it was a little different because you know you a lot of people are still wary about going to the theater and um it's kind of cool to see that it's going to be in both. And I really do think that this is going to be like May 13th. We were joking like, Oh, today's fire Saturday. day. I think May 13th is going to be, it's going to belong to Charlie McGee in many ways. Mm-hmm. The one. So um, I'm very excited about the release of this uh, at the very least. So were you excited by September the September too? So <laughs> <laughs> were you excited by the trailer, Mike? Yeah, I, I think I'm overwhelmed because uh, as I joked before we got on this podcast, I was doing notes for our, our on writing episode tonight. So I was going through the Stephen King's backstory. Also had sometimes they come back on uh, Pluto <laughs> TV while I was doing that. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, my God, there's uh, the, 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 the trailer dropped. I actually had someone that told me and hinted at it, but I didn't realize it was going to be this early. And um, and so, you know, when I, I do a lot of socials in the morning. And so I actually couldn't even get to watch it until I had already like promoted it on everything. And so when I, <laughs> it's, this is just, you know, that's what you got to do. And so I've seen it a couple of times and I, I got to say, like, I, I'm very intrigued. And I talked about this on the Hollywood King episode last week and that, you know, we really didn't know anything about this other than just the cast. And even the cast was coming in piecemeal. We really don't have a lot of like set photos. In fact, like the, the photo of Ryan uh, Kira Armstrong that they had circulating, I, I couldn't even tell if that was actually from this movie or if it was from something else that people just used. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. They've, they've kept it under wraps. And I, I don't know what it is about Stephen King adaptations. Um, where it's been this way, you know, because we, we also haven't really heard or seen a lot of stuff from Salem's lot. And the same thing happened, um, you know, with a couple other adaptations like the stand and everything. So with I, it, you know, and it barely, too. Yeah. so I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a rush and it's, you know, and I, and I say all this because if, you know, I do sound like I'm a little more sporadic than usual on this. It's because it's a lot to process all at once. I mean, not only do we get the release date that's in May, I mean, I had blocked it off for at least June. I didn't realize it was going to be fucking May. And now it's going to be a home release. Like, that's overwhelming in itself. Then you get the little tidbit that fucking John Carpenter and Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies are doing the score. I mean, there's just so much to take in right now that that's a huge drop. I was not expecting that. That's crazy. Yeah. And like, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it is a lot of information overload and I don't 
And I keep wondering, like, was this Blumhouse's intention? Was it like to make the largest drop possible for us to really hype this? You do you know? think? Do you think though, with the involvement of uh, the Carpenters and Scott Teams, is this a Halloween spinoff? Oh, it could be. Well, you know, we'll, we'll only time will tell. Well, if, Mike uh, Myers reveal it'll be. Like Rainbird is is Rain. Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Merch fires. Well, there, there, there's going to be a scene in this where they go in the back and uh, they open a door and it's like, "We need you." And he's sitting there by the window. And he like turns over. You know, Michael Myers just turns his head. You know, and he's going to kill Zac Efron, and then you know Charlie's going to have to like go and get revenge or some shit. I don't know, but yeah. Well, you know um, that scene at the end of the trailer where Zac Efron says really dreamily, "Fire dies tonight." Yeah, and he just starts like, beating the shit out of some fire. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna keep it light on spoilers for the book. Uh, we don't want to ruin anything for people who haven't seen it or read the book. Uh, but you know, we might touch on a few things if you're extremely spoiler averse, where like mentioning a character like makes you jump out of a window. Then you know, obviously, why are you listening to this? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, but I think that we're going to keep it nice and chill. So don't worry about that. Um, I do have, I saw sort of a general arc of the, um, of the trailer. So I'm just going to kind of run through that a little bit so we can talk through little bits of it. Feel free to interrupt me, but we sort of open in this trailer and we see Charlie in school and we see that, uh, she, you know, has this power, this ability. She says like things going bad, it's going bad again. And, um, her dad played by Zach Efron has basically a set of tools that can help her control it. Um, but obviously those tools are not working very well because the bad thing begins to happen. Uh, they say, you know, Zach Efron says things about her, like, well, she's a little girl and she has emotions. They're wildly unpredictable. Um, and so, yeah, uh, let's just say, and he keeps saying like, we need her to suppress it, suppress the power, suppress the power. Uh, but of course we, as we all know, suppressing the power only leads to an explosion of pent up uh, fire in this case. So um, we see this scene where she kind of blows off a stall in the school bathroom a uh, school bathrooms kind of all over horror these days uh, I know. Candyman, well, um, I, yeah. I have a thought on that because I, okay. and I also even with the dialogue when she's like something feels weird something's changing like yeah. you can definitely tell that Blumhouse and Universal are leaning on like the the huge YA movement that's still happening right now yeah um and because like this very much feels in line with that I mean obviously with just a, you know a youngster in the lead but I we do don't think see her in school really in the book do we no no yeah so I thought I thought that was interesting, and I think that that lends credence to what you're saying, Mike. Is yeah. is yeah. putting her in school? We get a little more of a YA thing going on, yeah. 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 Although well, I did have a question for for all you based on that is that one thing I do think that they really had to distance themselves for, and if they are leaning in YA, you know, they do they also run the risk of something that they they it's kind of this weird sort of catch 22 where yes, Stranger Things was influenced by Firestarter, but now Stranger Things has taken the popular consciousness and become even more ubiquitous than the novel. So I'm wondering, and I'm asking all of you, do you think this, just looking at the trailer and just looking at even just the way that it's presented early on, that you're immediately separated from like Stranger Things vibes? Yeah, I didn't really get Stranger Things vibes. I think I actually got more Carrie vibes than I did Firestarter with, uh, with her being in school and like we get the impression that she's kind of picked on, which is not really an element in the book. Um, and I kind of did forget about Stranger Things until you brought it up. Um, and it's like, I feel like I'm really close to this story. So I am, you know, automatically going to just go straight to Firestarter. But it seems like there is like a, a kind of aloof coldness that Eleven has in Firestarter that 
doesn't really seem present here. Yeah, like I agree. one of the most th- striking things I've found in the trailer is that Charlie seems to have a lot of personality, you know, yeah. and she seems a little more old, but still a kid. Like she's definitely, I think, older than she is in the book, or she seems older. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get Stranger Things vibes, which is I yeah. She's good. got a lot of anxiety and a lot mm-hmm. of anger and a lot of like frustration. I say yeah. I feel like from this trailer, like this idea that um, whereas I think Eleven kind of keeps a cooler head about yeah. her in a lot of situations, like this is a situation where you know this is a girl who needs to express whatever it is that's inside of her uh, and is being told on all sides not to do that. And so I think that we're seeing that frustration manifest. Um, mm-hmm. But one. Of the reasons I think Zach Efron is saying we need to suppress this is he's like, people are going to come looking for you. And that's when we get the next part of the trailer where we sort of introduce the opposing forces that it's not just bullies who want to pick on her. I love the little ginger bully who's like, you're weird. Uh, <laughs> what an asshole. You're going to burn. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I what well, man, how fucking funny would it be if she starts like killing children, like all of you know, <laughs> just setting li- little boys on fire in the playground? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, okay, so Would-wise. but then we hear. <laughs> We hear who who is the um the Martin Sheen plays him in the movie. What's that character? Cap. Uh, the Hollister. the head of the shop. Yeah, Hollister. I, it looks like that's being played in this, from what I could gather, by the actress uh, Gloria Rubin, um, mm-hmm. who was on Mr. Robot and a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Uh, that's ER. what the vibe. Oh, an ER. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe I got. Was she was playing that role, and mm-hmm. we see her sort of say like like call up the Rainbird character and the Rainbird character, uh, Native American uh, imposing sort of force in this. And uh, he doesn't, the actor who plays him, who is it? I have Michael Gray eyes. He's been great. I mean, he's had a killer career over the last you know few years. I mean, he was in blood quantum. Um, he was also in like Rutherford falls. Uh, and I know this much is true, which was pretty underrated HBO uh, series that I think no one watched because it's fucking depressing. And it came. Oh, yeah. The, the Mark Ruffalo one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I was like, I could watch that or I could, you know, jump off of a mountain. Exactly. Um, yeah. OK, yeah. so, yeah. Uh, so we see that character. He doesn't really say much, which I think is smart. I think, you know, the best thing with that character is to lean into sort of the silent assassin. Uh, aspect of it so but then we hear um the Gloria Rubin character the Hollister character say something akin to uh she has uh she's the first of her kind a real life superhero that Mm -hmm. line of course made me roll my eyes I'm like don't try to make this a Marvel movie or something um but I get it it's part of the vernacular these days you know like because that's where I get caution with teams involved because that was my problem so much with Halloween Kills even more so than um, the 2018's Halloween, is that all of those themes that I kind of like were a little too embellished, I felt in Halloween in 2018, were like over embellished and overstated in Halloween Kills and strictly through dialogue that like just felt like Twitter accounts and not actual personalities. And that's, I'm a little worried we're getting that in here. Like even with her, you know, when Charlie's just like, I hate living like this. I'm not special. I'm a monster. It's like, it's, it's just so overstated. Like I I don't, and I get it. She's a kid. So you kind of get away with it, but I'm worried that it's going to go over the adults and her saying that she's like a real life superhero gives me a little pause. I I will say. So if she gets a cape at the end, when she starts setting everyone on fire, no. Um, so yeah, I think along those lines, uh, the arc we start to see is, uh, this narrative about 
she needs to learn how to use it. Like you can't suppress it. So we see Zach Efron basically saying, we need to teach you how to use this. It needs to be, a, uh, what was he say? Something about like an action, not a reaction. Like it needs to be a choice. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then there's a, he has a line where he says, she's becoming a young woman, you know? And it's like, well, I'm like, I get it, you know, which I think is good. I'm glad they're leaning into these themes, which is what that book. And I know we talked about this in our episode is that it's really about, um, you know, I think puberty in some ways. You know oh, hundred I mean? percent. Yeah. 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 It's like experiencing these, uh, these feelings and these sensations. And, and I guess to some degree, uh, you know, that comes with um, becoming a more, I don't know, somebody who's, I guess, more sexually aware and more aware of their body. Uh you know, it's learning how to control and use these things. And so, uh, so I think all of that is being very pronounced in this trailer, that it's very much a coming of age kind of story um, about a girl who's learning to control what it is she was born with. And so I think that um, we get a lot of that in the trailer as well. But then kind of where the trailer ends that I think is interesting is that uh, now that she's gaining control of these powers, the implication is that she has the power to hurt people. And then they're essentially like, promise not to hurt people and she's like only bad people and then when she starts to hurt people she's like i kind of like this and that's kind of where we leave it so we Mm -hmm. get sort of a darker charlie i think than we got in the original firestarter movie uh which is Mm -hmm. cool and i'm I'm glad that they're leaning into that a little bit uh but again if she only kills bad people maybe we'll get a visit from mr billy summers who also only kills bad that is true yeah yeah he goes up that's his code um Charlie doesn't have that code. Maybe no, Billy. Maybe Billy can teach it to her. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so it would, be, it would be wild if it was a Billy Summers Halloween and Firestarter crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Firestarter. Uh, maybe Billy grows yeah. up to be Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the new Loomis. Yeah, no, that would be great. Uh, maybe okay, Halloween so that, ends is culminating with Billy Summers because uh, oh no wait actually I forgot J.J. Abrams uh, picked up that instead of, of Blumhouse so actually maybe this does connect with later uh, maybe we see some mm. ghosts in this and <laughs> you know we get to preview a little bit of what Blumhouse is bringing next year with uh, oh, the other boy. Yeah. Novel, fire but... starting alligator oh my yes God. <laughs> So um, that's sort of the general arc of the trailer, uh, which he was pretty close to the book, I think. Um, I didn't see any huge surprises. I know that I sort of raised an eyebrow when I saw Kurtwood Smith, um, you know, the great Red yeah. Foreman. Uh, and I was like, who is who is he playing? Because I haven't I haven't played um um, or I haven't read Firestarter since we did the episode. So it's a little dim in my memory. But Jen, you reminded me that he appears to be playing Dr. Wan. Is it Wanless? Wanless, yeah. yeah. So who, who is, is this the, character? He is the person who, like, the scientist behind the Lot 6 experiments, which is the experiment where Andy and Tommy meet. I'm sorry, Andy and Vicky meet each other and fall in love and then have Charlie. So he's kind of the genesis of all of this power. And he's looking for this genetic mutation. And he kind Kind of in the book is this well I don't want to spoil too much but he he seems to have a really good understanding of the potential for Charlie's power that a lot of people won't listen to and don't really take seriously he seems to be uh Brenner from Stranger Things <laughs> <laughs> for those that are coming in through there through Hawkins mm-hmm. Indiana uh, I will say I, now I do all this is coming back to me it's all coming back to me now uh to, uh-huh. uh, to, to Celine Dion um yeah. I uh I I do think that he that that's certainly where they got the Matthew Modine character although I will say uh as they they tend to do in Hollywood they uh they clean him up a little bit in, in Stranger Things because Matthew Modine is a hunk whereas mm-hmm. uh I will say <laughs> one less is 
not, he's described as, uh, you know, fat balding with uh, small pink fingers, if I recall. Yeah, small so, pink uh, fingers. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. But yeah. Um, yeah. So Imagining like say. little stubs, like a, it's like a cat or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like little jelly beans. Uh, I, I am so excited that Kurtwood Smith is in this. And I, I'm mm. a huge That 70s Show fan. Um, you know, Hyde's my favorite character. I'm just joking. It's not. But uh, <laughs> I fucking... <laughs> Hate Hyde, but about uh, to burst into flames. I, I, I absolutely love I, I love Eric Foreman. The first three seasons of that '70s show are some of my favorite television. So mm-hmm. just seeing him back, and not to mention it kind of plays up with the '80s archetypes too, because you know he's has one of the most iconic villain roles in, in RoboCop. So yeah, RoboCop, baby. Uh, fucking, I love that they got Kurtwood Smith, and he was he was not on the radar at all for this. I, yeah, well, he's not even listed on IMDb. Um, when I when I went to, I'm like, who is he playing? I looked it up, and he wasn't listed. So, uh, but you know what they do have listed is. Is the little red-haired bully boy uh, <laughs> is listed. His name's the character's name is Gavin, and the actor's name is Gavin McIver Wright. So I'm like, mm. imagine playing a bully, and they just name him after you. Right, it's like, a good name though. They're yeah. like, we want you to play yourself, you little punk. Yeah, and you're gonna be in a scene where everybody starts burning you and saying, "Gavin dies tonight. <laughs> Gavin dies tonight." Uh, just yeah, you probably just somebody off. So, uh, um, yeah. So I mean. I think the story, I think, is pretty clearly told through this trailer. What do you guys mm-hmm. make of the action, the effects, the fire? We see a lot of like fire and action set pieces. Um, I, one thing I will say about the 1984 movie, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I agree, Jen, when you say it's a little bland. Mm-hmm. I think character wise, it doesn't really soar. But I will say that I, I, you know, at least in the 80s, I thought the practical effects were pretty good. A lot of the mm-hmm. fire was, especially in the in the climax, is, is pretty cool. Like the way mm-hmm. that they stage it all. Um, I'm worried that this is going to be a huge CGI fest. Um, I got some computery vibes from some of the fire in this, but uh, mm-hmm. but not in a way not in a way that like totally ruined it for me. It's not like CGI blood or something, but mm-hmm. but uh, but I am a little worried that it could go overboard in that in that front. Yeah, well, and one of the interesting things about Charlie too is I think she's not just a fire starter; like she also kind of has the shining. Like she's got yeah. telekinetic powers, and like she uh, and like she can predict things. And so it seems like they're leaning into that just a little bit, also with the intro to the trailer. Like something's changing; I can feel something happening, which I take to be a scene in the Manders farm where she's kind of feeling something coming. You know. But it could just be that she is talking about like the power, excuse me, like feeling the power that she has changing. But, but yeah, it looks like it looks really cool. I'm always down for an explosion. So that bathroom sequence was really exciting for me. And I think the thing that I wanted more from the um, 84 film, which I agree with you, Randall, I do think the actual fire is very cool. Yeah. But I like the, the fact that she can like make the room hotter and there's there seems to be like a rippling of the stalls that looks cool that yeah. feels like a lot of like built tension that the novel brings out really well but it's just hard to capture but i mean it might it might be captured through cgi and it could be you know like when some some of the the hazmat suit guys heads just catch on fire that does seem very kind of CGI-ish, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the one thing that I really hold hope on with that is that um, what I can already tell, just even kind of flipping through the trailer and now scanning through it, is that Keith Thomas's eye is certainly coming through. I was, you know, I was really trying to kind of parse that, you know, what I was gleaning from it that I loved so much about the vigil. And what's great about the vigil is that, uh, you know, he, he ultimately sells his son, you know, a chamber drama in a largely dark room. You know, yeah. and that's hard to do, especially mm-hmm. to keep you riveted. And a lot of the shots I'm seeing here, even when they're in the shop, 
there the lights are all off and there's a lot of shadows and a lot of uses shadows and that's great for cgi because mm-hmm. you can do a lot with that and and it really does it, it does a lot of um uh, it offers a lot of smoke and mirrors uh for you know some of the times when cgi gets a little too um you know garish and you could just kind of see the lines a little bit so i do think i, I hold out hope on that and also i just it, it's something that we discussed last week on hollywood king is um, you know, whether or not this is going to be, uh, you know, action, whether it's going to be horror or it's going to be a combination of action horror. I do think that it's going to be like an action horror movie because the, the tonally and aesthetically, um, you know, I've referenced Stranger Things earlier. I, I actually think that it's, it's complete opposite because it doesn't, I don't see any Amblin-esque vibes here at all. Like I see a really yeah. dark, coarse, almost like indie looking movie. And I mm-hmm. like that. Like give me yeah. that, me too. you know? So I'm excited for that. And, you know, the... Keith Thomas is the one that's been pulling me in here. Look, I love my boy, Zach Efron. He was great as, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite serial killers, Ted Bundy. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, but I, I will say um, it's, it's Thomas that's got me going here. And I think that ultimately this whole movie is going to hinge on whether or not he's able to kind of bring that, um, that spooky magic that he brought to yeah. uh, IFC Midnight's The Vigil last year. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm really psyched for that. Uh, the eye mm-hmm. at least is, is, is great. So, yeah. Um, well, in our Hollywood King episode, we talked about what I actually want from um from a Firestarter movie and why I'm so excited for this. And I don't think I had a really good answer because I just wanted to see it. And I think this trailer tells me that it's it's got the thought process that I want for this story because in the book, it really is about suppressing her power and teaching her not to use it and to just hide who she is, which I take as a larger metaphor for just kind of teaching girls to be polite and smile and to be happy and not get angry and not like express who they really are. And so I love seeing the fact that like right away we know that she's got tools to know how to use it like she names like pencils and she names shoes and that's like a grounding exercise that is not in the book and so that Mm. tells me that they're trying to teach her how to use this in the movie there's only really one scene where he's like holding a piece of toast up and he's like hey light this on fire and then she burns a bunch of other stuff and so it's like no we're, we're afraid of this forever and so it feels like they're really trying to empower her more than the book the book is a lot more about control and I think that's why I like it so much is because it is a story about that control failing you know and so I want to see a story where they are telling Charlie like you are as cheesy as it might sound like you're not a monster for being who you are and it's okay but you do have to learn to control it like the line it has to be a reaction or it has to be a decision not a reaction like I died when I heard that because that's what I want Charlie to hear and it makes me so happy that I think whoever wrote the script understands that you know and so I'm excited to see this because this feels it feels more empowering it also there are more women in this story you know and for a story like really the only woman in the book that has any kind of really presence in the story is Vicky and spoiler she's not in the story very much and I think in this trailer there's an allusion to like a different end to her character, which I'm excited to see. But yeah, that'll also, be interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm like, hmm. But I also think like for a story that is so much about a girl learning how to be who she is, I want more women in that story. And with Gloria Rubin playing um, Cap instead of Martin Sheen, you know, it's just like the the old movie just felt like this old boys club trying to control this little girl. And this movie feels so much more real and empowering and complex you know and that there are yeah, women it makes on it more complex if it's a woman who's you know trying to 
stem that to totally. some degree. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, I just really hope we don't see any sign of it in the trailer at all, but the part from Firestarter that always lingers with me, and this is, you know, not really a spoiler, but a certain flashback um, that we have to the medical experiments that mm-hmm. may or may not have sort of spawned uh, some of these powers and um, that were happening on college campuses, which is a very much um, a, a, I'm almost positive King was nodding towards the MK Ultra experiments oh, that were carried out yeah. by the CIA. So it's um, so I'm hoping that they that they show that stuff because some of the more dreamy drug induced moments of the book, where um, what is Efron's character's name? Do you remember, Jen? Andy McGee. Andy, yeah. When Andy sort of remembers those experiences, those are the most haunting and terrifying parts of it to me. And mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping we get that. And I think you can do that pretty simply. Um, yeah. It's a, you know, but we'll see. Uh, um, you know, well, may- we'll, well maybe may- you know, maybe we'll see you know Charlie in a room, and there'll be some blocks, and you know, um, they put her in a tank. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe she flips a van, and, and oh, uh, dude. you know, I'm just joking. These <laughs> and are then all the van scenes. bursts into flames. Yeah, and then bursts into flames, and then you know, and then she <laughs> she meets a bunch of a crazy time, kids <laughs> on bicycles, and and uh, you know, they meet a, a hunky kid named Steve Harrington. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I do think it's funny that you know the delay of Stranger Things four is probably going to make it land maybe a month or two after this so mm. i'm just i'm i'm only saying this right now because i guarantee you that is going to be a discussion this summer is like uh-huh. oh look Firestarter's out this is the source look what here this is what came after and you know they yeah. are you know i'm just preemptively you know uh signaling a lot of the debate debates that are going to be coming out there um yeah. can't look, believe stephen king wrecked off netflix you know? i know right <laughs> like you know that's going to happen you know uh-huh. for a fact that people are like, oh this is just like stranger things and it's just going to be uh-huh. us that's on any, on these episodes being like it's not that just google it god damn it right. um i but one thing i i did like that we saw with um with pet cemetery in 2019 and we saw with a you know a couple other um of the the you know the remakes and the newer films is there is a sort of um attention to detail with that are that seem trivial on the surface but for constant readers and also um uh, constant watchers is 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 kind of cool. Like I love that the font that they use in the trailer is from the book. Mm-hmm. I love that the, that it is the Firestarter font. And then I also I mentioned before, but like it is a pointed choice to have Carpenter do the score. Not only because obviously he's been doing the score for you know Blumhouse's you know the Blumhouse and Universal's Halloween movies, but. If you know your King history and you know your King movie history, you'll know that Carpenter was attached to the Firestarter uh, adaptation before Universal was ultimately like, uh, the the thing didn't work out, even though they're, you know, you think that's crazy now to think Mm -hmm. about because it's like that movie's just one of, it's probably his greatest movie, I, I think it is, but at the time they were like, eh, it didn't do too well. Uh, ET trounced it and, uh, you're, you're off Firestarter. And then that's why Mm -hmm. ultimately he went to, um, you know, Christine, but so it's kind of cool to see him coming back in there. And you, and I just know that that was Blumhouse's intention is being like, Hey, you know what, this is your chance to kind of get in there and put your signature on things because you watch that original one and his shadow is still over it. It like, even aesthetically, it looks like a Carpenter movie and the Tangerine dream score, which is a phenomenal score. Yeah. We talked about this on the commentary, but it, it's de- definitely indebted to like a lot of like what Carpenter probably would have done um, mm-hmm. score wise. So it's cool little con- connect there. I like that. See, and that's, I think, the way that you stay true to the novel or the original without like being so like slavishly devotional that you kill the heart of the story, which is what I feel like the 84 film is like. I think the biggest failing of that story, well, one is just the character of Rainbow 
word itself, but like that it is so closely aligned to the book that it doesn't allow for any kind of visual like things that are going to stun me throughout, you know? And so I feel like those little nods and details that gives you that connection to the book and the source material without feeling like so beholden to the events that you can't make the story your own, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot in this story that looks like it's going to play out differently. Yeah, you know, which yeah. I'm excited to see, you know? Well, for one, she kills Randall Flagg, you know? I'm um, just going to say that. <laughs> God damn it. We literally see a crow on a branch and I'm go and I said, oh, hey, it's Randall Flagg. And then she blows it up a second later. So Ooh. Randall Flagg, this is how he dies in the canon mm-hmm. of Firestarter is he hey. is killed by a tele. Uh, it's an honor to be taken out by Charlie McGee, Randall. It's okay. I know. I was, I'm, I'm I was laughing. Randall Flagg. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. That was hysterical. Um but Any is other that the final equivalent of like Fire Carrie Sp- driving through with Cujo in the front seat and then it just explodes, you know? You're yeah. like, we're not going to throw in those Easter eggs. I mean, out of all the characters to kill Randall Flagg, I mean, you, you couldn't be happier to be, have it. Be oh, totally. Again. I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's be real here. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say, Universal Blumhouse, you know, you're always thinking ahead that next sequel because, you know, it's the the money is the big the big cheese here. Yeah. Um, they should just do Phoenix Castle Rock time. season season three episode one that we already did on this podcast i was they gonna should. say it's right there ideas. for him we have some right ideas. there for you, you know we all know that randall flag is more powerful than than is what's being presented in this trailer he could come <laughs> back for firestarter 2 i'm just <laughs> sometimes saying they do you know sometimes they do come back as i learned this morning when i was watching it and, and being overwhelmed but was that your uh, first first time watching it mike no no i've seen it a bunch of times it's it's aesthetically pleasing movie i love tom mclaughlin great director mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and, pretty uh, good. It's great. It I mean, the sequels are obviously better. I'm just joking, but um, <laughs> God. I never saw the third one, but we did a lobstrosities on the second one. Yeah, we should do it. We should do the third one for a lobstrosities. We should. We should. Um, ultimately, I, I I'm very interested to see what the trailer for Salem's Lot is going to look like. But right now, this is. In terms of King adaptations um, that we know are coming out, because I think Mr. Harrigan's phone is probably going to be coming out later this year, too. This is right up there for me. I'm really excited. And I can't wait that, I mean, it's two months, or what was it? So March, April, we're only like, you know, really two full months away from this now, schedule-wise. So May, mm-hmm. Firestarter, Firestarter May, I guess. I'm trying to think of something that would be. Yeah. Firestarter Dude, Firestarter Festival? 22, no. <laughs> Okay. I'd yeah, make a whole year about this thing. <laughs> yeah, I try. I just, it, it, you know, we'll have a lot of coverage for this for sure. And so, you know, oh yeah, May. Maybe we can it. talk to Zach Efron. I hope <gasps> so. You I know. can ask him about his role in the Beach Bum. <laughs> oh, you liked the Beach Bum, didn't you? I, did, I liked him in the Beach Bum a lot. I thought he yeah. was funny. I mean, he's the best part of Neighbors, so that's why I'm yeah. I'm, ba- I'm banking on him here because uh, he, you know, he's not going to be definitely funny in this. hot. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think that's going to be probably the recurring joke, I think, for... What if she just like, keeps burning just for his... Me. She, she keeps burning his shirt off, and he's just like, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, I'm your dad. That's weird. <laughs> She's like, it's an accident. It's like, yeah, uh, what if the mom's, like, soul, like, telekinetic towers, she can just undress him with her <laughs> She just comes out sweating all the time, and, you know... Oh, totally. He's all oil. He's like Ryan Ryan Reynolds in the Amityville movie. Oh God, that yeah. is so ridiculous. Oh. That sequence, he, and they they like just literally like pan over his abs. It's great. I love it. So funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, if that's in your movie, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah. you ignore that beauty? You know? uh, uh, cool. Any final thoughts on the Firestarter trailer before we sign off? Woo! We're excited. <laughs> it it looks cool, and uh, 
Akiva, keep your grubby mitts out of this. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. No Don't thanks. Don't make me light you on fire. Akiva. Yeah, we will set you on fire, sir. Uh, but yeah, this has been fun, y'all. Thank you yeah. all for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>